It's when David slays Goliath, but we're going to look at it from a different perspective tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 20. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went and Jesse, as Jesse commanded him, and he came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army, and David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and speak according to the same words. And David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up surely to defy Israel? Is he come up and it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him saying, what shall be done to this man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he should defy the armies of the living God. And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. Thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Tonight we want to speak on the trench, the rut, and the grave. The trench, the rut, and the grave. Israel are in trench warfare. We're told in verse 20, when David comes to see his brothers with the food that his father Jesse had sent to them, there's his three eldest brothers have followed Saul. We're told he comes to the trench. And we're told as the host was going forth to fight and shouted for the battle. We're told that his brothers followed Saul And we're ready to go to war. And the idea is that David came right into the place of defense. The battle lines had already been formed. And David came right in to the center of it. So it wasn't as though they were in a field waiting to go to war. Now a trench is a place of defense. A a trench is a place to gather strength and to strategize how and when the enemy may attack or way the way you will attack the enemy. And as young David arrived right into the host going forth to the battle, his brothers weren't very happy at all. We're told that the armies were sagged up and wound up ready for war, sword and shield and spear, armor, bear, everything was ready. First Samuel 17 
and 22 says, And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. Now, the term here is, it wasn't that he just ran into the army. He came right to the battle line. In other words, they're all ready, all squared up, all prepared to go. And David messed things up. He came right into what they thought was their battle lines. He ran right in among them, right into their preparations. Verse 23 tells us, And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath. Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Now notice the language that's being used here. David comes to an army ready to go to war, and the champion Goliath, the Philistine of Gath, comes out. And he starts speaking. He starts speaking and he starts threatening the armies of Israel. David hears it and the armies of Israel hear it. And so by the time they see the the giant, they flee and they jump back into their trench again. Where they were ready, where they had done their preparation, where they thought they were battle-hardened, now we're ready to go. The giant comes out, he speaks at them. The same thing he's been speaking time after time after time And Israel go into fear again. These psyched up soldiers, these wound up warriors, these self-inspired Israelites become nothing less than frail, feeble, frightened followers with a spineless leader who was King Saul. Saul was head and shoulders above them all in Israel and he was afraid also. We're told that Goliath came out and spake according to the same words. Notice, Goliath came out and spake according to the same words. Is this not true of many of us in our Christian life? We go to church. We maybe go to conference, worship seminars. There's many Christians, they flock to Christian gatherings and meetings. They chase hard after big names and things that will uh, show performance. They go after the well-known speaker or the well-known leader who has come to town. They hear pep talks. Little words are spoken over them. Comedy has replaced conviction of sin. Motivation has replaced mourning. Feelings instead of faith and character building with self-confidence and edification of self in the place of Bible exposition and Christ-glorifying sermons. And people chase after them all the time. The Christian is now allegedly full of the Spirit. They are full of faith and full of power. They're set in rank, file, and order, ready to leave their trenches that they had been fortifying themselves in, or so as they thought. And now as they leave that conference or leave that venue or leave that big-name speaker or leave that time of little words spoken over them, they realize they have to go into the real world. 
full of the Spirit as they think they're full of emotionalism many times. Full of emotionalism. They're ready to leave behind the trenches of fear and of grief and of hurt and the trench of anxiety and bitterness and addiction. They leave, they say, I'm ready to leave the trench of religion and be liberated in Christ. The, the trench of lethargy and laziness before God. They say we're ready to leave the trench of our comfort and our easy living and lifestyle. They're blessed up, built up, prayed up, unpaid up. With the words, I'm deeply loved, I'm greatly blessed, I'm highly favored. Praise the Lord, glory to God. I'm an overcomer, a victor, more than conqueror. I can do all things through him that strengtheneth me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It sounds good, brothers and sisters, and it sounds plausible. And we do believe in many of these things. Some of them have their place. But as soon as they leave the church building, they leave the conference center, they leave the tent meeting, wherever they have went to, as soon as they hear the sound of the giant's voice, as soon as the giant steps forth and they see the size of his stature, the giant of the uh, the thing that stands against you, the giant of the voice that has come against you, the giant of the sickness that the doctors has pronounced over you, the giant of whatever it may be that has come against you, suddenly we find ourselves, we come into a state of quick deflation from our puffed up egos and our pampered pride and we go back to the trenches like Israel did. We go back to the trenches. What did Israel need? They needed courage, but they needed their faith to be grounded in the Lord. They needed their faith to be grounded in the Lord. All too often we hear things like, let's take the battle to the gate. I say that. I'm not saying anything against that. Let's take the battle to the gate and we have our time of revival and we have our time of blessings and we're ready to go and uh, whenever reality faces us, when we leave here and go home, our Sunday church meeting face is not the same face of faith that we have whenever we are on our own facing our giant. Let's take the battle to the gate. Sometimes it comes the case of, let's put the bottle to our mouth. For some, the bottle of infant's milk is all they can handle. The bottle of infant's milk of easy listening sermons. Back to nursing and pampering. The teat of easy listening sermons and little illustrations to some. It's back to the bottle of the old life. Some people come up against trials and tribulations and troubles and, uh, and they fall out with God and they go not the bottle to the gate, but the bottle to the mouth, the bottle of easy living. They go back to the bottle of their comfort zone. They go back again, as it were, to the bottle of their old life's addictions and their old attitudes and their own waywardness. And they blame God and walk away from him. They end up in the trenches again. And they start to fill themselves to say, well, I'm in a trench. I'm licking my wounds. I'm getting my strategy together of how to defeat this giant. When all the time, every time you step out, every time you climb out, every time you get out of your trench and the giant speaks the exact same words, you do not overcome as you should be overcoming. And instead, you end up back in the trench of fear and worry and anxiety. Israel are about to go back again 
And they leave the trenches and go forth to fight. We're told they shouted for the battle. That's what we're like at times. Lord, we're in the prayer meeting and things are great, but when we carry it out and all our brothers and sisters go home and the word isn't being read and we close our doors and things are before us, we crumble and we faint and we fall. Many do. Back into the trench again because the devil, your Goliath, your giant, your enemy has started to shout at you again. He started to tell you how weak you are. He's trying to tell you, I'm challenging you, come and fight me. He's starting to tell you, you'll never make it. You'll never do. You'll never pass. You'll never be able to amount to anything. And you know, he's a father of lies. And we go back to our trenches again and say, well, let's pretend we are strategizing to see how we're going to defeat this giant and yet never pass the trench line. So Israel are shouting for the battle only to flee back again. But be careful, brothers and sisters, be aware. A trench may be a place at times for us to gather strength, to strategize your next move for God's kingdom. But if you stay there too long, you'll find a trench becomes a rut. If you keep going back to the same trench, you'll find the trench becomes a rut. Becomes a place where you hide in and pretend it's a trench that you're strategizing in. And you run from place to place. And you run from thing to thing. You run from one to another. Trying to get a word that will satisfy us, to enable us to be able to soothe ourselves instead of taking the word on board and what God is saying and, and moving forward in victory in Christ and what he has accomplished at Calvary. We must be careful that we don't end up in a rut and, you know, it then turns into a grave. Someone says a, 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 a rut is nothing more than a grave with the both ends kicked out. And with a rut, we're in our grave and many of us have fallen uh, spiritually to the sense where we feel nothing for Christ anymore. People fall in where they have backslidden in heart, but they just want to put the front on because they really do genuinely want to go on with God and they want to be an overcomer and they want to face this giant and they want to know that he's defeated and they want to move forward in the name of Jesus and they really want to take ground for him and defeat the enemy, but they haven't got the strength nor the courage and so we end up back in our trench but really it's not it's your rut because we haven't moved forward we stay there that long we walk back and forward that rut becomes our grave we never get out of it and many people sadly spiritually die in it many people sadly spiritually die in it a trench a trench is that place where prayer is wont to be made. And a trench is that place where you're built up on God's word. That's your trench. Every Sunday morning and every Sunday night when we gather here, we should say, I'm going to the trench. I'm going to be built up in God's word. I'm going to the trench. I'm going to drink in of a spirit. I'm going to the trench. I'm going to strategize for the week that lies ahead. Being among God's people, being in his word, being in his presence is the place where, yes, we're in a trench, but we're moving forward for the kingdom of God. We're moving forward for the glory of Christ. We're not going to stay in a rut. We're not going to stay here until we die. We feel like those lepers sitting outside the walls of the city. And they had to come to a place where they say, why sit ye here till we die? 
And they had to make a decision to move forward and trust God. And they couldn't get into the city because the city was locked up to them and the enemy was on the other side. And it says, well, look, let's do the only thing we can and let's advance toward the enemy and let's see what God does. And as they advanced, God took their footsteps and he amplified the sound of their feet for lepers with no hope in life. And he amplified the sounds of their feet and the armies of the enemy, they started to hear and these Assyrian armies started to listen. They said, listen, there's a sound of a great host coming our way. Let's flee from their, from their face and get away from them. And God had amplified the sound of his people's feet. We need to move forward even in fear because God will amplify the sound of your feet. God will amplify the sound that you make for him. God will amplify it and the devil, he will be defeated when you move forward in Jesus' name. Don't go back to the trench. Make it a conscious decision that you're going to move forward, be built up in the word, be built up in prayer, be built up in fellowship and say, I'm going on in God. I'm going on in God. The trench is a place of prayer is want to be made. It is also a place where we are built up in God. A rut is a place where you keep ending back in. There's no advance in your life. There's no advance in your walk. There's no spiritual advance in ministry. In other words, the ministry isn't just preaching the word of God. Ministry is ministering before people and where you are at work or wherever you may be. We advance in that. We grow in Christ and we move forward in it. We must advance or we find ourselves in a rut. And suddenly we can't get out of our rut and both ends are kicked out, becomes our grave. And a place, grave is a place where you've sat in fear and sat in disbelief and sat in prayerlessness and you've sat and hidden yourself. Come on, how many of us have felt that we have sat in the grave where we have hidden ourselves? Where we have said, you know, I, I'm not doing this anymore. Where we have said, I'm not going to church anymore. Where we have said, I'm not going to pray anymore. I've had enough, Lord, and the enemy's attacking me too much. How many of us have sat in that place where we have withered up and died almost before God and but for his grace and the breath of his spirit, we would still be there. We pull, as it were, that duvet over our heads and we say, we're not facing the world. We're not going out in God because there's a devil out there and there's a hardship out there and there's trials out there and there's things that hurt me out there and there's people who want to put me down out there. But really, we need to realize that we are really more than conquerors through him that loved us. That we are victorious in Christ. Whatever comes your way, whatever faces you, whatever trials you face, Listen, I'm facing trials at the minute. Allison's facing trials at the minute. We're all facing some sort of trial at the minute. We're looking things in our face and we're saying, Lord, since God be for us, then who then can be against us? And that's the attitude that Israel should have had. David had it when he came to the giant. Thou comest against me with a sword and a spear and a shield. But I come against thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And he slew the giant. That's the attitude of the spiritful believer. That's the attitude of God's people. We need to rise up in that attitude. We need to rise up and say, Lord, this devil is not going to get the better of me. He's already defeated. You just don't realize it yet. We must walk in the victory that Christ has, but be built up. It's not a bless me club. Listen, if you go to a bless me club 
And God bless you if you're going to bless me club if he can. But you'll be blessed for a while. It's like eating candy floss. It's nice and tasty, but after too much of it, you're going to feel sick. And you're going to get ill. You need truth. You need the word. You need grounding. You need the strategy of God's word into you. And this is what Christ says about the Christian. This is what the word of God says about you, believer. We were just there up at um, Ballantoy, and I embarrassed the girls as usual. There's like a building you can go up around, looking over the harbor. It's just like a roof. And I'm up, and all these people start walking down with swords and spears and all these garments on, and they were going down because that's where they made that program, the Game of Thrones part of it. And apparently they bring tours down here and they go in and watch this hot thing. So I'm looking over with Alison and the guards and all these are walking down like an army. And it just came out of me, I went, you're never going to take me, Castle. <laughs> and they all looked up and thought, no, we're not going up there, he's nuts. You know, we thought I was mad. And I said to Alison, but you know, I come to you with a sword, a spear and a shield. You come to me like that, but I come to you in the name of the armies of the Lord of hosts. We need to know who we are in Christ. We need to know that we can overcome. That we can get out of the grave that we have found ourselves in. Out of the rut and out of the trench and move forward in his name. How come this happens Because unless you're grounded and founded in the word of God, people never move forward. 1 Samuel 17 and 20 says they shouted for the battle. They wanted it. They called for it. They asked for it. They weren't ready for it. They weren't ready for it. They called for it. They wanted it. They asked for it. They weren't ready for it. Listen, you trust God's providence. And sister, brother, listen. Trust God's providence. Some things we want. Some things we shout for. Some things we ask for. And God says, no, not yet. God's delays are not his denial. God's delays are not his denials. Sometimes we want it today and God says, you're not ready for it, son. You're not able, daughter. And when the time is right, he brings a David along. He brings someone with courage along. And David came right into this place, right into the very armies of Israel with a few loaves of bread under his arm to give to his brother. We weren't ready for it, but the preacher told us it. The preacher said, the preacher told us how wonderfully powerful I am when I was at the conference. That may be true, but you see, it's not about you and it's not about me and who or what we think we are. It's all about God and his word and what he says in every situation. That's what matters. The problem lies when we all go home and there's no one there to pat our back. The preacher's gone to the next venue. 
And there's no more floral painting sermons, no more whitewashing of hard truth, reality-denying friends. What do I mean? You you know those friends who mean well and gather around you, and that's good to have friends like that, but those who are afraid to tell you the real truth. Tell you anything just to be your friend. A friend loveth at all times. Scriptures tell us. But a friend will tell you the truth. A friend will tell you the truth. There's many Christians will say, you know, everything's fine. It's going to be all right. And we hope that. But the truth of God's word is, this is what you should do. This is how we should walk in it. This is what God's word says. And it's up to the person that you give the word to, to take it. It's then and only then that we find out what's real, what's true, what's deep, what's lasting. Maybe you're there. And there's hope tonight for God sent David into the middle of the ranks. And he meets his eldest brother. Listen, his three eldest brothers there. Eliab is the eldest. He, his, his name means my God is father. Abinadab is the second brother. And his name means my father is noble or my father is willing. And the third brother is Shammah, which means astonishment. Astonishment. One would think that these names, they would understand who the God of Israel was when the Jan came, wouldn't you? When you think with all of these names, they would say, well, hey, I know who my God is. I have been prophetically called my God is Father. I have been prophetically called my Father is noble, or my Father is willing when this giant stands up. Or my name is Shammah. My God is astonishment. But no, these men, they hid with the rest. And Eliab was angry with David. First Samuel 17 and verse 28, he says, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Eliab, what battle? What battle? Tell me, Eliab, what forward movement have you made for the kingdom of God? Tell me, Eliab, how faithful have you been to the kingdom of God? Tell me, Eliab, how far on from your trench of battle and warfare have you strategized to move on in the kingdom of God? David could have turned around and says, what battle? You're letting the devil walk all over you. Brothers and sisters, we could say to one another many a time, come to see the battle, what battle? Sure, we're letting the devil have a field day. A defeated foe, a conquered enemy. And the church is allowing the devil to have a field day. There's only so many times one can deny the rut that they're in. There's only so many times one can deny their covering of sin, even if they're unsaved or they've walked in sin and they're lack toward God. And here's the thing, when you go as a friend to help, to point out, to tell the truth about a situation, you be in remembrance of this. The finger will come back to you and the finger will be like this. You're only come down to see the battle. 
David says, well, actually, my father sent me to feed you. My father sent me with supplies for you. 1 Samuel 17 and 29 says, And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? David's tried and tested faith would take the trench troops, the redeemed from the rut, the dead from the grave. They would rejoice at his victory over the giant and give them true courage and faith to run the enemy out of town. David stands and he sees the same devil the Philistine of Gath, the giant, he sees the exact same one as everyone in Israel sees. He sees him in this whole height. He sees him with his armor. He hears his voice, the exact words that they're hearing. And David's saying, and this is who you're afraid of? And this who is running over the armies of Israel? And this is whom you're running from and hiding in your trench in your rut now becoming your grave and you're making no forward movement for God? You're afraid of this man? Is there not a cause? You see, without a cause, people will have nothing to fight for. Verse 52 says, And the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until they come to the valley to the gates of Akron. This is after David slays Goliath with the stone and cuts off his head. After he's done this, he's defeated their devil. He's defeated the giant. He's defeated their enemy. And now Israel come out and they realize we are more than conquerors. Our God is victorious. Our God is almighty. And we had this all the time. We should have just trusted and moved forward in his name and we would have been victorious. We wouldn't have had to stay in this trench or rot or grave. Brothers and sisters, we are like this. We have to realize that our great David's greater son, the Lord Jesus Christ, he went to the cross and he shed his blood and died for us. And he went to the grave and he rose again the third day. And he defeated the devil. He crushed the serpent's head. And he rose again over the power of the grave. And he ascended into glory. He's interceding for us at the right hand of God. We must realize this, that the devil, our Goliath, whatever we're facing, it's already defeated. It's already a defeated foe. Satan no longer has any hold on the the child of God. Those who are in Christ, Satan has no bearing, nor hold, nor authority, nor privilege, nor power over you tonight. And yet we sit and we say, well, Lord, I can't. And once we say we can't, we've went back to our trench or it's not going to happen. The spirit of unbelief comes in and we're into our rut. And as soon as we say it's never going to happen, then we die in our graves. Spiritually die before God and say, well, just give up. I've felt like that. I have felt like that. And when I've given up, he has never given up on me. And when you give up, he has never given up on you. He sends our David, King David, Son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ, afresh to our hearts. He says, my son has come to strengthen you. My son has come 
can make you victorious. My son has defeated this devil. Now get up and trample the enemy under your feet. Notice what it says. The men of Israel and Judah rose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until they come to the valley to the gates of Akron. Is there not a cause? Yes, there was a cause and there still is a cause. The word here for cause, by the way, is the word davar. Davar. And it means, it actually means speech. A thing said, an utterance or words spoken. Speech, a thing said, an utterance or words spoken. Uh, let me give you an example. When the Goliath comes out, he comes out and the armies are ready to fight. And Goliath comes and starts to give his usual words. Speak his usual speak. Say all those usual things that Israel have been afraid of every single time they feel we're ready to go. Every time they said we're ready for the battle. Come on, we're going to, boys, we're going to get together and we're going to defeat them this time. And as soon as they get out, old Goliath comes out and says, bring out your champion and I will fight him and then slay the rest of you. Oh, there's that big devil. There's that big Goliath. They jump back into the trench. You see, it wasn't a trench, it was a rut. It was a rut. God has given us the ability in Christ to see in his word that there is a cause. Words spoken, words written from God for you and I to have a cause to feed the giant. The word devour means speech, a thing said, an utterance, word spoken. Verse 23, Goliath spake according to the same words. See, it was a, that was his cause. He was speaking it all the time, and they got so used to hearing it, they started to fear every single time. Verse 24, when they saw the man, they fled from him, were sore afraid. It's the devour. But listen to the same word. Genesis 15 and verse 1. The word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. See the word, word, the word of the Lord came unto Abram. It's the word devour, the cause of God. God speaking himself forth in his word. Here is my cause, Abraham. Abram, you're going to have a son and you're going to be a father of many nations. And he speaks himself forth and he speaks his cause of faith into Abraham and Abraham believed God and was accounted unto him for righteousness. See, there's a cause. It's the same word. Psalm 107. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. The word, word, is the same. Devar. For cause. He sent his word. In other words, his word spoken forth. What cause was there in God? God wanted to heal God wanted to heal sick bodies. God wanted to heal Israel. God wanted to heal the people that were his. And he sent forth his cause to heal them. And they received it. And he delivered every one of them. That is the cause. It's the same. Zechariah 4 and 6. This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. 
saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. This is the word, the devour. This is the cause of the Lord on the Zerubbabel. God again, breathing forth himself, stepping out of himself, as it were, as the word of God, the Logos, and saying, this is my cause. It's not by might. And it's not by power. See, Zerubbabel was building the temple and they were saying, you'll never build it out of the rubble that's left of the old temple. Sure, it's charred and it's burned. And sure, if anybody comes, they'll lean on it and it'll fall over. And the Lord says, listen, these armies around you, don't you listen to them. It's not by might and it's not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And brothers and sisters, this is the word. This is the cause. We have a cause. We have the word to defeat this devil. If we as a church get into the trenches, we must ensure that they're only for tarrying there until the cause, the devour, the word of God comes and burdens us so much, we must unleash it and we must release it. I'm closing with this. Goliath was and always was defeated in the eyes and the mind of God. It was a done deal. And that victory still stands for us in Christ. He is a defeated giant of evil, the devil, the enemy of your soul. But it's not a matter of knowing it, but rather believing it and accepting it. Or it's back to the trenches you go. John 18 and 37, Pilate said unto Jesus, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered and says, says that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear the witness to the truth. Everyone that is off the truth heareth my voice. Here Christ came with the cause. An old Puritan once wrote, a small stone in the hand of faith was worth more and greater than all the armor of unbelief on the giant's back. I'll say it one more time. A small stone in the hand of faith was worth, worth more and greater than all the armor of unbelief on the giant's back. Christ came into our trench, to our rut, into our grave, come into the world to save sinners. And First John 3 and 8 says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Here's our cause. It's written in this book. Whatever comes against us, sickness, sorrow, suffering, fear, dread, anxiety, depression, everything, anything that comes against us, we can say, hold on, I have a cause. The word of the Lord has come to my heart. And that devil, that giant, is already defeated. Move out of the trench because you're only fooling yourself. It can be a rut. Or maybe it's your grave. But God calls you out. Resurrection day has come to move forward for Christ and his kingdom and for the glory of God. And may we all do so for Jesus' name's sake. Amen.